Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is a sunny day. What is going on out there? Have a look. It is blue. Blue sky going on for at least six days. <laughs> so uh, let's hope we get some dryness. I know uh, everyone's a little frustrated and saying where's our summer and we keep seeing it on TV in the east, the uh, it's uh, they're hot and we're we're definitely not. So uh, I just think it's uh, Trudeau's uh, his uh, carbon taxes. Uh, he's getting us back. He says it's working already. So cooling us off, getting ready for the for the big vote in October. So, anyways, lots going on in the garden right now. I think the moisture has been great for our our decimated tree canopy in Calgary. So it's nice to see some healthy elm trees and some other trees but uh definitely a few issues of uh trees when i drive around and have a look at at some of the stuff that's going on unfortunately the big birch trees you drive through the older communities um they're just getting decimated so one thing i can just say if you have any of those birch trees slow deep watering rage plus on them right now most of the damage is done by the birch leaf miner get booked in for next year to get the injection done on them to uh, get that looked after for your for the birch leaf miner there's not much you can do right now the aesthetics the leaves are gone so what you can do though is definitely slow deep watering and and give them the rage plus even 2020 would help just get get a given new growth keep it growing and uh, and most of those bugs the birch leaf miner they go through a phase and they'll be somewhat done, and they sort of fade out here by the end of July. And if we can get some new growth into our birches and uh, hopefully get them nice and healthy and a lot of our other big trees. So have a look outside and uh, and see what you can do out there in the garden. And this extra water has been great. Um, but still, don't hesitate. Still lots of dry things. I know uh, I went around with Mark, our pruned-up guy. We just went around and did some inspections on some past projects of of where we did some pruning and still seeing some dryness in some of the areas, especially with the big, big trees and some of the yards where they're competing with big spruce, willows, um, things like that. We were on in Lake Bonavista on a couple lakefront homes and some of the big willows because they're raised beds up and still a little dry. So just that slow, deep watering, wherever you can do that on your trees and shrubs and try and get everything nice and healthy again. It will make a difference. And uh, and that's one of the best things we can do for our trees and shrubs. And today, I just want to hear from you. I'm going to see again what's blooming. I've noticed a few trees that are blooming, like the Tartarian maple. I'm sort of driving by a few up here in the southwest. And this gorgeous, you sort of say, what is that red tree? And then you just, well, I realize that it's the Tartarian maple. It's getting those red wings, hot wings. Um, maple is blooming like crazy. Somebody let me know. Send me some pictures. Would love to see it. Um, I'm still looking at some political pictures from the past show from Tex. So uh, <laughs> send me some good gardening pictures I'd like to see. And that is at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And the phone lines are uh, full already. So I'm going to go to the top of the board there. We're going to chat with Pauline. Good morning, Pauline. Good morning. How are you today? Not too bad. Isn't that I'm nice? i to, to see the sun. Isn't that nice? We wake up and you see the blue sky and it's just beautiful. Yes. Um, I have a 
one question, but yep. it affects two plants. Yeah. The peony and the bleeding heart. Yes. They finished blooming, and I was wondering if it's okay for me to transfer them to another location. Um, it's not really the best. It's better to let them download, like do it later fall mm-hmm. or first thing in the spring, like early spring, like as oh. soon as you can dig out the soil, uh-huh. like early, like mid-April, like after it's thawed, hopefully by that time. Um, or once it once it downloads, you need that energy from all the leaves okay. and that back down into the bulb on both those. And when you, if you do when you do the peony, it's really really important to do it and make sure you put it at exactly the same level it's at and try and get as much a nice big root ball as possible. Okay. They, they don't really like being um, moved a whole lot. So sometimes, so using the 105210 when you do the transplanting or the Rage Plus or the mics, something to just stimulate the roots. So can you just say 1020? 105210, sorry. 105210. Yeah, okay. that's a, it's a great transplanting fertilizer. Okay. Now, should they be in a shaded area? No. Okay. Um, peonies like full sun. Mm-hmm. Um, they just do much better. You'll get a lot more blooms and... Uh, and just well watered, nice, nice sunny location. And I tend to put them in the background a bit. I don't put them right in the front of my garden or off to, I put them to the side or in the back a little bit because, okay. because when they are done blooming, um, they're not the nicest looking plant, I guess. Right. Yes, like they kind yes. of, and they kind of die off. Same with the bleeding heart. They're, they're great in those little pockets that are just in the background. They mm-hmm. pop up, do their thing, look gorgeous. And then they kind of die back. And then they just sort of fade away into the background. I don't, I don't try to make those ones real focal points. Whereas something like a echinacea, like the per, the cone flowers, the stellador lilies, those can be forefront perennials because they're going to give you the color all summer long. So my bleeding hearts this year they look fabulous. Oh, they're yes. gorgeous. But yes. like I said, when they're done, they fade fairly quickly and they don't look. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean. Uh, like, yes. Yeah. So, but they're like I totally agree. Love bleeding hearts. Um, I always had fond memories of as a kid. You would open them up and and have the little nectar in there and stuff like that. So awesome. Oh, I never did that. Yeah, you just open up. There's a tiny little piece of honey in there. You open them up, and as a kid, we used to do that sort of thing. It was just. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Pauline. Okay, bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, and we're going to go to Bonnie. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, We have a 15-year-old pear tree that's been really, really healthy. Uh, We had it pruned two years ago. Okay. It's always put out of, you know, a tree full of pears, even though, you know, we could never eat them or anything, but full of pears. We use Rage Plus in the spring and the fall, and we have an irrigation system, so it gets lots of water. Well, this year... No blooms in the spring, therefore no pears, but we weren't worried about that so much because we thought, well, maybe they got, you know, it was cold there and maybe... Yeah, that did affect some of it. And what? And, and did, then now the leaves at the top are turning a reddish brown and it's going down the trees. Yeah, so what that is, it's just, it's shutting down already. Um, so I know the irrigation system, it waters a little bit on top. Yeah. One or two inches. You need to get some slow, deep watering. A pear tree has a lot of foliage, and it actually can use a little extra moisture. So I'd put a soaker hose around the drip line of that and just get it slow, deep watering. Because when you water with your irrigation system, 
And you got to remember, it only really goes down an inch or two. Okay. So you do need that slow, deep watering. And especially going into fall with all our hardwood, like any of the fruit trees, maples, things like that. Because last October, like September, October, November, December were really, really dry. And then it goes to bed dry and then it almost freeze dry. So that's probably why you lost some of the blooms on that. And I've seen that a bit with some of the harder wood, like some of the pears and things. Okay, so that's it doesn't look like it's got a, yeah, it's anything, a, though. Right? Yeah, and that's when it's doing that color change, it's yeah. just shutting down. Like, oh, okay. It, that, and that's the tree's natural defense mechanism. Yeah. It, it says, hey, I don't have enough moisture in me to keep everything hydrated as good as possible. So they start shutting down from the top down. Wow. Because it's got to take all that moisture to the top, right? Yeah. And, and like I said, most pear trees, they're really... They're, they have a heavy foliage. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they take a lot of hydration. So even with this rain, like it sits on top. They some of these trees just need that extra, that slow, deep watering, where it just put that sort of one of those leaky, sweaty hoses around the drip line and just let it soak in there for like six, seven hours, a couple times a week, and just to get some deep watering into some of those trees. Okay. Because well. you're not wasting the water; it goes right down. So I wouldn't put a hose on it for that long. But they said those weeping. Um, ones you're not wasting any water; it goes right down into the into the roots. Okay, well, thanks so much for that. You're welcome, and uh, those are gorgeous trees. Yeah, and I've, I have left ours. them on long enough, and I know what you mean. Some, they're not the best eating, but if you can get them a little bit soft, they're actually kind of decent. Like, yeah, but it always freezes. Yeah, right t- before it gets there, and um, you know, one year when we got that snow timber, yeah. the branches all just were so. Full of pears, <laughs> it just the whole thing just fell right down, and um, you know we waited a couple of years before we got it pruned, and then when we had it pruned, it looked much better. But yep. you know we, they, we've never been able to get them so that they get soft. Yeah, it is. We need that warm fall, right? Yeah. And but when you do, they're decent, and uh, and but I always yeah, in your mind you you have to get rid of the pear that you're going to eat that you get out of BC, and oh, you right. have to sort of <laughs> it's going to be a little grittier. But yeah. uh, you got to be hey, I'm growing something in Calgary. Yeah, so. like like sort of like a crab apple, I guess. Yeah, a little bit like that, and and same with the sour cherries. Like we can get some decent cherries here, mm-hmm. but they're not the sweet cherries. Ours are always the sour cherries. So. Right, right. Okay, thanks so much, Merle. All right, thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest garden center with everything you need inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to actually go all the way down to Strathmore. And we're going to chat with Gloria. Good morning, Gloria. Hi. How can I help you? Um, We have a laurel leaf. um, We have a bunch of laurel leaf. uh, Willows? uh, Willows, yeah. yeah, And a weeping willow. And they both have this... um, Sort of black dots and scaly looking sort of... No, just just black dot like brown dots on the leaves yeah. and then they turn yellow and fall off yeah no it's it's i i got them all over mine as well i have two big willows in my backyard as well and um, some of it is a little bit of a leaf miner which we haven't seen really on the willows before a whole lot like this um and 
part of it is, I'm, like I said, I'm just, we're trying to find out exactly which one it is, if it's one that is from the birch leaf miner, which I'm hoping it's not. Um, but, but the willow seems to be growing aggressively enough to grow through it. Like it's hitting that first batch of soft leaves and, and they're falling off, but the tree looks totally fine after like, and it doesn't seem to be hitting all the leaves, which is kind of good. So I, I, you're not the first person and we've, we've had quite a few people bring in their things in and I'm a victim of it right now too. So we're just trying to do a bit more research and, and find out what it is and, uh, and because it's something a little bit more newer to the willows doing this, so okay. As um, soon as I can get a bit more information on it and figure out, but it is a it is a leaf miner as well, and uh, and it's getting and some of the dots look like a bit of a. Um, Looks like they've got the measles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So I'm, um, we're we're trying to figure out exactly what what is causing this right now. Okay. So, all right. Could I ask you one more of question, course. real quick? Yeah. I have a a prized plum tree that that I just love. It's and it's <laughs> only about uh, three or four years old, and it's beautiful. But this this spring, it didn't it didn't leaf out, and I. <laughs> put tons of water on it and and rage plus and then i put fertilizer on it and compost and you name it i did it and it's it's got a few small leaves on some of the branches now do you think it'll come back next year um i would give it some slow deep watering again plums have a really they're one of those fruit with the hard wood and they really need that good fall watering like in like mid-october september october Okay. They really, really need that watering. So right now, I would give it the slow, deep watering. Are you getting nothing on it right now? Well, we've had quite a bit of rain, but... I know, but it, I mean, are you getting any leaves on it at all? Oh, yeah, it, there's there's a tiny bit, but they're just small. Yeah, so tiny give it the Rage leaves. Plus and, and then also put the hose on it, the slow soaker hose, okay. and let's give it a good slow... Get some hydration down into those roots, and especially with the Rage Plus. Okay. Um, and you and you should hopefully be able to push some life into it, but just again that slow deep watering and with the rain, it it helps a bit. But with some of these trees that we bring into our heavy clay soil and different things, we need to we need to supplement the water into those trees specifically, especially the harder wood like plums, fruits, um, pears, willow or not willow as much, um, maples. A lot of those ones they need that extra water in the in the root system and, and and to keep them frozen in for winter time as well so you don't get that winter desiccation did you say that willows don't need that much water no they don't need the supplemental water as much like in the going into winter time because oh, they okay. they're a softer wood and they can they can gather it first thing in the spring like they don't need as much like that that fall watering is really important for a lot of those harder woods it's important for the willow as well but not not the same way you know, it's really crazy, but, you know, I I remember one year we had too much water and we killed our, our cherry tree. Yeah. And, and then so I was kind of, I was worried about it, so I didn't water it tons, you know, like the other ones. And, and and now you're saying, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, it's crazy. just because it's been so dry. Like, it's just the ground, the moisture level down in the ground is this bone dry. And even when it gets hard like that with our heavy clay, a lot of times the water just runs off when we get those torrential downpours. 
and and even from irrigation, like we water on top. So it's just that slow, deep watering you need to get down into the roots. Okay. Yeah, super important, and you, you will see a big difference. But if you're seeing a little bit of leaves up there, give it some, get that water on it, slow, deep watering, and some Reg Plus, and hopefully you can uh, push that uh, plum and uh, get it going again. What about that fertilizer that you said had a middle number of 52 or something? Yeah, 10, 52, 10. That would help as well. But I think I would just, if you already got the Rage Plus, I would just stick with that. That one, it's really good at building the cells back up on a tree that suffered that winter desiccation because it, re- it works really well with birch. And again, I would I would try to just stick with that. Okay. All right? All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gloria. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I got a few questions on the on the text board. Merle, we have a Honeycrisp apple we planted three years ago, about six feet high now, growing well. Only problem is we haven't seen a bloom yet. Any suggestions to get our tree producing? It's about six feet away from a car- combination apple that was planted at the same time and producing fine. And that's always the weird thing about sometimes with trees and shrubs. Um, the soil might be a little different on that one. What I would do, again, I would use 15, 30, 15, and that's a great bloom and, and fruit-producing fertilizer. Watered about good, good deep watering. I would feed it right now with the 15, 30, 15, because this is when it's um, storing that energy and setting bud for, for the following year. So uh, I would get that all in there and get that... Uh, built up into the into the root system it needs more phosphate to produce the balloons so give those a, give that a shot and then jim don't you pick those pears and let them ripen on the shelf in the house yes jim you can do that absolutely and uh and if you can leave them on the vine as much as you can because they get that sun and it helps ripen them a little bit quicker but if you get to the end and they don't ripen absolutely bring them in the house put them in and uh, put them on a shelf and let them ripen that way and hopefully you get a little bit cold from there. And and then here's another text. I am told my lawn has creeping bluebell. What can I do to eradicate this? Stanley and Rosebud. There's a product called um, chickweed, clover, and thistle killer. It works really good on the creeping bellflower. And it's a selective herbicide, so you can use it in your lawn. It won't kill the grass and just, just mix it up and just spot spray the the creeping bellflower. It's in a little jug. It's laters. Your garden centers up there should have it in rosebud. So it's uh, thistle, clover, and chickweed killer. So let's give that a try, and uh, hopefully that makes out. And how should you trim the tomato plants as they grow? So a lot of times you're trying to take the center buds out. Though. They'll send up all these little off the main trunk. You'll see a bunch of little ones coming up. You just pick those out. And if you get some long leggy things, you can trim them back a bit. But a lot of times you're just trying to remove all the a lot of the center extra branches that it's sending off the main valves because those are just using up a lot of the extra energy. And speaking of energy, we need to do some commercials. Got to pay for everything down here. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and it is July the 21st, and uh, looking like summer is going to finally arrive for us this coming week, so next couple weeks look pretty good. Get out and enjoy and uh, do some gardening. Also get out and have a little bit of fun. 
Um, if you're in the south part of town along the river, sort of from the zoo all the way along the bird sanctuary and then down into the uh, river area in the far south end of, of town, Fish Creek Park and Lake Sokomi, have a look at all the pelicans. Man, oh man, they're gorgeous. Lots of pelicans floating down. Seen some huge ones down there. They almost look like those... Uh, big uh, rubber flotation device that people have nowadays you see them but they're just like six or seven i've seen like groups of eight to twelve um pelicans all over the river so that's encouraging and that uh, i think that ensures that uh, or tells us that we have a healthy ecosystem down at the river here in calgary so um lots of uh, pelicans coming down to enjoy our our good alberta bow river trout i guess and uh having some of that. But let's go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Oh, well, can't complain today. No kidding. It's gorgeous out there. Beautiful. Yeah, we've got about 15 millimeters of rain here in Lakeview. So. Okay. And that was <laughs> last night or just all total for July? Uh, oh, no. We've had 30, <laughs> down near 40 millimeters. Oh, okay. In the, so far in the month. Yeah. So what's happening... But- if my grass is growing nice now. How how short should I cut it? Well, that dep- I guess some people depends on preference. Do you mulch or do you bag it? Uh, we uh, bag it. Okay, uh, and if possible, like sometimes if you if you keep it a little higher, sometimes you can mulch it a little bit more. If if you have a mulching more when they nope. do that, or who's ever cutting your grass for you, um, sort of in that. Inch and three quarters to two inches is sort of what they say is a good height, and uh, sometimes a little bit shorter. But that uh, that two inch seems to be a nice height in Calgary. It sort of, if you go much shorter when we head into our heat, um, you'll see a big difference. It dries out quite a bit quicker. But this is where it's good if you're using our green it up fertilizer. When we head into this hot zone, you'll notice that your green your grass will stay greener quite a bit longer than uh, some of the other folks that are using the the box store fertilizers, the thirty two zero four. So, well, yeah. I guess you know where I get my. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see now you can pick your bags up and yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So that sort of that two inch is a good one, John. Okay, All and right. now. You say do not use the uh, fresh cuttings as uh, um, a fertilizer or as a compost. Um, I shouldn't put that around my uh, raspberries. Or I, I like to let it sit first because when you put fresh compost on on soil and that, a lot of times it needs to take the nitrogen out of the soil to de- go through the composting process. So I would just put that into your compost pile, let it go through the process, and then use it once it's turned into compost. Okay. What about spreading it out and drying it first and then? Um, even then, but it still needs to compost, John. Like it's sort of, I, I think you're much better off putting mulch or something down if you're looking to get something to hold the moisture in, like just get a good bark mulch or something like that. Okay. I think that's why I killed my raspberries a couple of years ago. I put the fresh... Yeah, because yeah. it, it, what it does is it takes a lot, and you'll notice your plants will go yellow if you're using, like, total fresh stuff because it, it needs nitrogen to go through that composting process. So same thing if an arborist or somebody who offers you a whole bunch of chips out of their box for free, it's good for them because it saves them the dumping, but it's not great for your garden unless it's gone through that decomposing process. It needs to sit for a year or two before you use that mulch. Um, cause it will steal the, the nutrients out of your soil 
and oh. I've I've seen it. I, I made the mistake like twenty years ago. I brought some out from the sun pine, the bark mulch. Then it's the stuff that they use for um, in the cattle pens or in horse pens for bedding. And it's good for that, but it's but it, it's quite a bit cheaper. But compared to the stuff that we get, like the Foothills Premium from Spray Lakes that we carry in our bins, it's already gone through that decomposing process. So it's not going to steal the so, the nutrients out of your soil. So they they put it through a composting process. Um, the Foothills Premium out of Spray Lakes, and that's what we carry in our bins. So. Oh, okay. but if you well, put raw mulch in, I know sometimes it seems, and plus you don't know if the arborists happen to cut down a black knot tree or what they got. I just I wouldn't recommend using that in my garden. So okay, All and right. uh, my uh, snap peas are about five feet tall. Well, when should I expect to be harvesting them? Are you getting lots of blooms or? Uh, they're coming along. Yep. So you should start seeing that about mid uh, mid August at the latest, hopefully. We start, oh. yep, start getting some blooms. So you should start seeing them because once they start spitting those buds out, it happens pretty fast. So, okay, and uh, you did recommend that I could still uh, plant or sow carrots, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I have a disaster on one. Yeah, type. and then if you've gone through a crop already and you have some empty space in your garden, do another batch of radishes. Like I did that in the Global Garden three weeks ago. And on this past week, when we harvested with Leslie, you could see we had uh, like full radishes already going. And they were so good. Like I couldn't help myself. I grabbed a handful and took them home as well. And, and this is so good. So good. Oh, raspberry or the uh, radishes come up and I harvest them. They were done near some of the size of a, a, a golf ball. Oh, yeah. You cut them and it was just like an apple. Yeah, I know. Awesome. And then you get some, they actually have heat to them. And I just noticed when you, sometimes you get them at the grocery store, depending on what, what variety or what they're getting them. Um, sometimes they just don't have any taste, right? They don't have that, that radish, that hotness. And, uh, but when you're growing them yourself, you sure get the flavor. So. Oh, sure do. All righty. Merle, it's a pleasure. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, John. Great talking. Take care, sir. Bye Bye-bye. Always good to hear from John, and we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to read a couple texts here. I got one. Good morning, Merle. was sitting on an outside patio, and this lovely plant was behind me. It is a clematis with a question mark. Does your greenhouse care this? Actually, it is not, Gail. It is a Thunbergia. That is a black-eyed Susan vine, and that is a gorgeous one. It's growing up on some metal trellises in behind on a patio. Looks gorgeous, but that is uh, Thunbergia. We might have still a few left in the in the annual section. I'm not too sure, but we typically always carry those and they make a great annual vine if you're looking for something to grow. And I haven't seen them many times in a bed like this or in a raised bed going up like that. That the other time you see them in hanging baskets and some other thing, but this is a great way of doing it. And man, just gorgeous, gorgeous colors and uh, looking good. And then I got one from Dwight. This is what's happening to my sunflowers. Dwight, unfortunately, I think a little bit of that is um, getting a lot of excess water on the leaves, and sometimes when we get that, and and uh, with the with the some of the furrier leaf plants, 
um, when you get that on the leaf. Just pick those off, those ones that are getting that, because it could be starting a little bit of a fungus, and I would just pick those off so make sure and it doesn't uh, um, spread as well. And I got to my beef, steak, tomato, lots of blooms and tomato. Do I need to do more? Um, what you can do, I would always continue to feed my tomato all the way through the season as they as they do feed fairly heavy when they get into the bloom and fruit stage. So again, just keep doing with your tomato food. And with the bigger beef, steak, tomatoes, make sure you're using one with a calcium supplement. I, I didn't mention that when I replied on the text, but just to ensure that you're not going to get that blossom end rot. And we have that at the garden center, and I definitely do that for sure. And I got one more quick one. We bought a nine bark from your garden center about two years ago, and it's doing beautifully. My husband would like to trim shape it. And when can you do this? And how much can you take off? Actually, nine barks like being trimmed. They don't mind it at all. And so you can take up to a third off at any one time. Um, they make a great hedge and and do very, very well. Um, and like I said, they don't mind being trimmed up and shaped a bit. So by all means, um, you can go ahead and do that. And then I got one more of a ketoniaster. Why do my new Peking ketoniasters have red on the leaves? A lot of that, it's in that red coolness as just the pigment coming out in the in the end of the leaves. It's very typical for the ketoniaster to get that. So um, looks fine, totally healthy, and you should be t- totally good to go. And I'm going to go to Bruce. He's been waiting patiently. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. How can we help you? Yeah, thanks for your show. It's been great. Thank you. I enjoy doing it. I have a question for... Uh a Cotoneaster, no, sorry, Cotoneaster, a Shasta daisy I've got that yeah. has been completely engulfed and eaten by, I suspect, our feral rabbits in the neighborhood. Yeah. And I wonder how to keep them away other than uh, wire. <laughs> um, there is a product called Bobex, and you can spray it right on the blooms, and it tastes really bad. It's one that actually works really well. Bobex? Yeah, Bobex. And the only problem is now we're past the rainy stage, so you can apply it now. And if it does rain when you apply it, if it rains really heavy, you'll have to reapply. But for the most part, it lasts about a month. Um, So you can just, we have it in concentrate and then also in the ready-to-use. And it's a herb-based, and you can actually spray it right on the flowers because it won't change the color or anything. So it's actually really quite nice. That's good to know. I hope my root ball is big enough to for it to come back next year. We'll yeah, just again, make sure it's getting enough water, and then I'll give it another shot of fertilizer. You might even get another blast of them. If it didn't go through its full um, blooming stage. It, it, it has. It's, uh, it's, it's oh. basically just about done, yeah. Okay, that's what they liked, eh? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. And, you know, and the, and, and the problem is that we were away for eight days, had my daughter watering it, and... Uh, that's how. That's probably what happened. Just uh, inattention around the house, and they saw it. Yeah. So I, just I also, also have a lilac question because yep. we got no no leaves and no blooms from two of the bushes, and no blooms from all four. We have four of them, and no blooms at all, no flowers from all four. But two of them had basically no leaves this year. That that is a bit odd. How old are they? They were transplanted three years ago, so we had good good flowers last okay. year and the year before. Yeah, again, I think some of that is, and is just dryness. Um, in the fall? or in Yeah, the in the fall in the and then in, again in the spring. So just, again, try and get some slow, deep watering. The, the lilacs are a heavy feeder. And did you do like a big transplant or were these potted? These were um, from Chestermere in a field. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, in, a front, in my friend's field. Yeah. And they were 
we just broke them off from clusters. So, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. A, absolutely. So when you're doing it that way, especially because you're going to have a lot more upgrowth and you've removed a bunch of the roots, so it doesn't have the roots to sustain okay. all that foliage on the bottom. Um, so slow deep watering. I'd hit them with Rage Plus right now, and uh, just just give them the good slow deep watering, and uh, and hit them with a bunch of Rage Plus and get them going that way. Okay, would it be worth it to trim away the the dead? If it's uh, totally right? dead, like if it's brown and and crusty, absolutely. No, they're they're the color is pretty good. Actually. Yeah, so okay. just just they're, they're they're sitting there waiting for some nourishment from from okay. water. So just hydrate them really well. Yeah, like two of them, two of them have not one single leaf except uh, new growth from the ground. So yeah, so that's yeah. just its way. Like it's like I was saying earlier on some of the trees, like they shut down. It just didn't have enough moisture in the ground from such having a smaller root system to sustain all that foliage up top. So you, it needed that extra water and that to push all the moisture from those smaller root system all the way up to the top of that. Um, and if, if if you're not getting much, just cut it right down to the ground and it'll shoot back up like crazy. Right, right, right. Alrighty. Thank you very much. All right, Appreciate thanks, Bruce. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. And if you'd like to join me, we have some spots on the phone line, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. That is also the talk and text line. So if you'd like to send any pictures or anything, by all means, love to see it. And we're going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Joyce, yeah, Joyce. I'm gonna put her back on hold, and I'll give I'll give give Mary a try here. Good morning, Mary. Oh my God, my arm's falling off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting on my deck here, and the cat cat keeps bugging me. When are you going to go inside? It's hot out here. (laughs) But anyway, I want to thank you for that wonderful Joanna. Joanna, what Joanna. a wonderful person. How I enjoyed her. She stood here, six foot two of her, <laughs> put, dug the hole, planted this gorgeous tree. She's in She's in her element when she's in the oh, garden. Oh, my Lord. We visited and talked, and <laughs> she walked all over my garden. She planted this tree. Yeah, she shared some pictures. And it's in the wind, and I... I staked it a little bit, yeah, but it's, I'm um, careful. It's, um, she shared some pictures with me as well. She was out in the garden and stuff. Looking <laughs> I came good. up to her waist. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Good Lord. I think I've shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Merle, thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, it's lovely. Yep. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, but I need you to come out, do some trimming. Okay. Um, on the other Sago house farm, pull it out. And, okay, what kind of a tall, fast-growing tree can I get in the West? i got to cut some of this wind down. Yeah, I, I would either go with, you know what? How like, about those real, real tall ones? Those work really good. Like the Swedish columnar aspens, they yeah, work good. Yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, put those in and put a row of those in yeah. to help uh, well, block Well, I out. just want two. 
Okay. They I don't, want two. They don't go that wide, so you might do no. two of those and maybe a, a willow in behind it no, or something? No, I don't need any willows. I got lots of oh, them yeah? down okay. on the creek. Okay. Yeah, but those are the diamond willows, but I mean like a bigger, like yeah. something to block some wind, like the laurel leaf yeah. willow. Yeah, what about those uh, um, olive I, I wouldn't... No, I don't like them. They're, Those they're, silver weave things. They're nice, but they get a lot of winter dieback, and especially yeah, out at your do. place in the wide open. Yeah, I don't really like yeah. them. Yeah, but yeah, there's real thorny. Yeah, they're aspens. Eh? Yep, we got lots of those, man. Yeah, well, I, I like a couple <clears throat> of them. Okay. So I'll be up to make some arrangements. Sounds good. Yeah, okay, thanks. Thanks, Mary. For, Take oh, care. And Merle, yep. uh, ask, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, ask Diana how she's doing and if she's still having people come to her sweet tea farm after her accident, okay, maybe she'll call in. Okay, because she usually <clears throat> listens on Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Thanks, Mary. Mara. Sounds Love like you're you. having fun there. Goodbye. Lots of kids around. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, and where are we at for time? We got a little bit of time left here. I'm going to go down to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, I was out near the jumping pond area yesterday, and I noticed a bunch of small little spruce trees, maybe a foot or two feet tall. They got a lot of brown on the needles, like they're turning. Yeah, a lot of that was from the last winter. It's just that freeze-dried desiccation. Um, they got it a lot of time. It's been on the south side or west side of the trees as well. Oh, I didn't notice, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot in the nurseries, like just, Traveling through a lot of the nurseries this spring, when we're looking to dig trees, we noticed a fair bit of, of just dry, just wind burn. So um, what do you do? It just you they guys. grow out of it. That's all they oh, can do. They? Is, yeah, you just give them lots of good water, fertilize. Just, yep. they, all they can do is grow out of it, and they grow out of it pretty quickly. So, okay, alrighty, Thank you very much. Yep, that's all you can do. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, and don't really pull like don't cut those branches out unless they're totally like dried right out most of the time they just they've lost their needles it's sort of like a bad um frostbite on the foliage and a lot of times the tree will send out new new growth and uh, and recover from it but a lot of it's just winter desiccation and it's either like a sunburn or a or a like i said a frostbite on the on the needles and so they end up losing a bunch of that so and I got a text here from Linda down in High River. She used to be down in Lethbridge and grew uh, Martha Washington geraniums for years, but up, she's trying in High River right now and they're struggling. Yeah, just I, I think you got, they just don't like the amount of moisture we've been getting on the leaves and things like that. They don't like that. So what I would do is just deadhead them, pull off a bunch of those those old blooms and some of the old leaves and just fertilize with a, you know, using Rage Plus. You might want to just use like a 20-20-20, just get some, some trace elements in there. For some of those heavy bloomers, the Rage is usually quite good, but I'd sometimes like to add a little bit of uh, just micronutrients to that. And so I would just use like a 20-20-20 or a 15-30-15 on those, Linda, and that should get them back into shape. And after you clean them all up, you don't even be afraid to, you can put a little bit of the, the fertilizer even on the foliage. It doesn't hurt a whole lot. Um, but don't do a ton because they don't like a lot of water on the leaves. Let them dry out and give them some some good fertilizer and see how that goes. That should <coughs> revive them for you. And and this hour just flew by, so I'm going to take another break here. And we come back. We got uh, Mark's going to give us a shout from Prune It Up. We're going to talk about some of the things that are going on with our trees out there right now. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Mark. He's the operations manager down at uh, Prune It Up. And good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for uh, for joining me on a Sunday. And uh, so w- lots of tree questions again. I know you and I were chatting about the the willow situation as I had them at my house as well. And we've had quite a few people bringing them into the store. So what are you, what are you seeing on that front there, Mark? Yeah, we're starting to see a few cases of people bringing in willows with the black spot. Um, we're seeing some signs of, I think it's minor, uh, but we're doing some research on it right now. Um, but it's basically just the black spot, leaves turn yellow dropping. It doesn't seem to be doing any like major damage to the tree besides just the leaves and then they're falling off. So right now we're just basically telling everybody, let's keep the trees good and healthy, lots of deep watering, uh, deep root injections to boost the health and uh, let us do some research here and get this figured out. Yeah. No, and the and nice thing is hopefully with the willow, because they're a fairly aggressive grower that they can grow out of the damage that it doesn't just keep reoccurring throughout the rest of the season. Hopefully it's sort of a one hit Absolutely, yeah. And and, I mean, we've had that heavy rain, so a lot of that could be caused from it. So we'll just monitor it and and just kind of go from there. Okay. And so what else, like when you guys are heading out uh, and you're doing um, any of the pruning assessments and things like that, what are you kind of seeing out there right now that should be done? Well, we're now everybody's trees are kind of gone through the growing season. They're kind of overgrown and kind of taking over everything. Like that one so, we went to yesterday or on Friday in uh, in Chaparral. Like yeah, that guy goes, everybody's yards are just kind of overtaken and growing onto their decks. So things just need to get cut back, get cut back from the houses, uh, raised up so you can do easier lawn maintenance, that sort of stuff. And and when it's leafed out like this, it's real easy to see the the deadwood. So. It's you know it's a good time to get that cut cut out as well. Yeah, especially on some of the ones where it's harder to tell, like especially like birch and some of the ones where in the wintertime you can somewhat tell, but it's a little bit tougher to tell the deadwood on some of the trees. Yeah, it's very noticeable right now. Yeah, so it's it's good time to get after after your birch trees and things like that. So, uh, and what about hedges and uh, and cutting back like any of your shrubs and stuff? Or is it still a good time to do any hedge trimming and stuff? Yeah, I'd like to wait uh, kind of going into later summer to get that done just yep. so uh, you're getting it ready for, for winter and then you do the deep watering again before that. Uh, but your, your trees like spruces, you want to start thinking about removing the dead underbrush, uh, you know, get a, a certified arborist and his crew to come in and uh, remove all that dead underbrush and get and just get the proper nutrients uh going to the divide I was green. so impressed with that I and I know we I've seen that before but yesterday or on Friday when we were walking around we stopped at one that you guys had done and these were like 50 foot pop or 50 foot spruce trees and the neighbor had some beside it and they weren't done and then the home that we were at had them done and it, looked, uh, it looks fantastic unbelievable yeah and and it's just so it's so much better for the tree to get it done yeah so good airflow in there think about there Especially with the needle cast, if that is going around, because I know we are seeing a little bit of that now, so that'll help clean it up, get the airflow going through your spruce and stuff like that as well. Yeah, 100%. And then just make sure you're doing that deep watering in the fall again for them. Cause it's... That's that's the biggest thing. If you, if you, if it isn't in the budget to do um, some heavy fertilizing or other stuff, just if, if all you can do is water, 
Um, that's just please do that, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And then with the elm trees, we're starting to see the scale come out. So uh, we can do injections for that to kind of get that under control. Um, so if your elm tree is looking black, it's not supposed to look like that. Um, if you're standing underneath it and feels like you're getting misted, it's not supposed to be like that. <laughs> so That's all the bugs peeing on you. Exactly. So you can do the injection for it and kind of get that under control. <laughs> Okay. Um, and then, you know, get ready to, uh, to to get those pruned once the pruning ban is lifted as well. Yeah. So when is that? When does when is the pruning ban on the elms? October 1, we're going to be good to go on those. Okay, so you're starting to book people in to, for, for, yeah. for elm pruning for the fall. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Mark, for calling in, and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. And, Appreciate uh, you as well. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's uh, Mark Rose always from uh, Prune It Up. Um, sharing some of his wisdom, and uh, it's just it was so good seeing the crew. And I like to go out this time of year to spend some time with the uh, with the landscapers and with the uh, the pruned up guys, and just to see what's going on and uh, and watching them how they climb up the tree and all the safety stuff and the harnesses and helmets and just it's it's so good to see. So, anyways. Um, Thank you uh, for sharing those with me. And uh, I got a call from, or a text from Mel down in Medicine Hat. Good morning, Merle. It's Mel from Medicine Hat. Just wanted to let you know we had a super successful garden tour last Sunday. Beautiful weather, 600 guests. Wow, to tour our eight beautiful gardens. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk, of course. And, uh, you know, Mel, actually I've had uh, in the community I live in, Riverstone, it uh, came up on the Facebook chat group. They had some the, the picture, the tags from your from your tour, and they they said how good it was, and that they want to start something like that up in the Riverstone community. So uh, I just want to say, hey, thanks for that, and kudos. Like I said, uh, you made it all the way up here, and some of the people from our area went down and, and enjoyed the tour, and uh, they said it was super impressive, and they would love to bring something like that. Back into Calgary. I know the Hortside used to a bit more. I know it's dropped off a little bit. So, but I always like that was one of my favorite things with the Hortside going through and checking out some of the gardens, and you can see what's growing, what doesn't grow well, and all the effort that goes into into gardening in Calgary. And it really it tells you how successful you can be in Calgary, and uh, actually you can grow quite a few things here. Well, let's go to Joyce. We're going to go to Airdrie. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Merle. You're a busy man. Lots of stuff going on. Oh, man, is there ever? How I've got I... a couple of questions okay. here. Creepy Charlie, what do I do with that stuff? Um, again, it's just you can use that thistle chickweed and clover killer in the grass. Oh, okay. Not your fertilizer won't work? Um, not for that. If it gets in, it'll help choke it out. Like yeah. the grass will help um, choke it out. But it depends how bad that creeping charlie. It, and it works so quick with that stuff, it chokes it out pretty fast. Um, I mean, the the clover, chickweed, and thistle killer, it'll get rid of it real quick. What's so, it called? Just clover, chickweed, and chick, clover, chickweed, and thistle. It's oh. a broadleaf herbicide, so you can use it in your grass. It won't kill the grass. It only kills... Um, the broadleaf weed, so it'll also get rid of dandelions, thistles, anything else that's in your grass. I, and I just spot spray. Like, don't spray the whole grass. Just <laughs> go through and walk at one, start at one end, and go through and and hit those areas with it. It's big. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, like, the grass, the fertilizer will help choke it out. But really, when it gets really bad, it it, it needs some help, and that creeping Charlie can be pretty aggressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. 
<laughs> you know already. I know, I know. <laughs> what about my snapdragons? They seem to be flowers going. Yep. I have some that are reblooming on that. Should I cut those off? If if the old blooms are done, absolutely pull those off and then let it rebloom again. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Alrighty. You have a good day, and I look forward to seeing Mark. Yes. Are yes. You, have you called him out to come out to your place? Uh, he got swamped on Friday, so he didn't get out. Okay, so he's going to come see you. I would think, yeah, Monday or Tuesday, whatever. Awesome. He's a busy man. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for your patience. Thanks, Joyce. Oh, did you ever hear of uh, squirrels eating petunias? Um, I've I've seen them. I've have heard that a little bit. Uh, are yeah. they are they doing that on yours? Yeah, I've never seen them do it before. Yeah, they. I, I think they're quite tasty. I guess something maybe when they get a try for it. And they... Yuck! <laughs> they stink. I don't know how they'd be tasty, but yeah, I guess yeah. for a squirrel they eat all kinds of other stuff. So yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, Joyce. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Where are we at for time? Uh, we got a little bit of time left. We're going to go down to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help good. you today? Um, I have a bunch of uh, areas that are infested with thistle and clover and dandelions and the whole nine yards, and we've been reluctant to spray, but we're going to give it a go. And I just wondered about mixing the 2,4-D with the... Um, that uh, thistle and chickweed and clover. I would just one. use one of them. I wouldn't mix it. Um, you don't know what that's going to do, and I definitely wouldn't do that. I would just use one of them. And for the most part, if it's thistle and something like that, that thistle, chickweed, and clover killer should look after it. And uh, okay. just mix it up properly according to the directions. Um, get a good sprayer. And, and today, tomorrow is a perfect time. We're heading into a dry spell here. Give them a shot of that in the morning, and you'll be amazed at how fast that stuff will get going. You within a couple of days, you'll see the thistle start curling over. And but let it work, like let it die all the way down. Leave it for a couple of weeks. Let everything go right dead before you dig it up or anything. Okay, that's a mistake a lot of times people make. They pull it out before it's totally died, and then right. the root doesn't get a chance to to get all the way down into it. But just let it let it do its job all the way down. Okay. And um, so that would probably mean avoid mowing for a couple of weeks as well. Then. Well, no. Once it's once you spray and it's in it, if it's right in the grass, yeah, I guess yes. But um, it should work fine. Like on the on the because usually when you mow most of the foliage and the dandelions, they're they're kind of low spread out. So you yeah. should be fine. Okay. Alrighty. Very good. And then you. just spot spray. Like don't spray the whole grass. Just spray wherever you have it. Okay. Alrighty, and try and do it when we don't have any wind. But ne- these next few days look perfect. So yeah, no, sounds good. All right, thanks, Bill. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right, and if you'd like to join me, we've had a few uh, spots on the phone lines open up. You can call me at four zero three nine seven four eight two five five, or from out of town one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. And uh, right now, I'm going to go to Diane. Oh, here she is. Diane is calling from Pincher Creek. And our sweet pea lady. How are you, Diana? Good morning, Merle. Thank you. Oh, I'm getting better. I mean, Good. concussions are rotten, aren't they? I've got brutal headaches. No kidding. Um, absolutely killer headaches. But never mind. It's going to be a while. But, oh, what a fabulous year for sweet peas. <laughs> yeah, cool and wet, nuts. eh? <laughs> yeah, cool and wet. They like it. Yes, everybody, if anybody is down this way, they're very welcome. Give me a call. Um, come and look at the garden because I have, like, 
I'm picking like six to eight bunches a day, and I can't keep up. Yeah. They're just fabulous. We had a little flower show yesterday at Heritage Acres, and we had downpour rain the whole day. I mean, it poured. Yeah, yesterday was a, we had some good rain yesterday. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Diana, again, maybe just and let everyone know what the name of your, your greenhouse and where the gardens are. Oh, Bailey Hill Greenhouse. I am west of Pincher Creek, just off Highway 3. Okay, Bailey Hill Greenhouse. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And you have some nice display gardens and lots of sweet peas out. Are you, do you still have anything for sale left out uh, there? Or? Not really, no. No. No kind of closed up for that kind of thing. Really, I've closed the greenhouse, you know, about mid-June, really. Yeah, because by that time, the sweet peas are almost done in any kind of containers for the most part. That's it. That's yeah. it. So there's always a few containers around um, and things. But the sweet peas are absolutely stunning. I mean, they put on a garden show last year, yesterday. It was absolutely fantastic. Everybody came in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely drenched. But we managed to put on a flower show anyway. So it was lovely. And the Rose Garden in Pincher Creek is another thing to come down here to see. Because there's 52 varieties of hardy roses. Oh, wow. On show. So open to the public. You can just go up there and walk around. And enjoy. I mean, it's a fabulous. Uh, and there's garden. there's a lot of those around southern Alberta, um, other parts of like southern and northern Alberta. Like this, lots of lots of little garden gems that if you're out and about and you just have to do a little bit of research if you're heading to certain towns and and stop and see the community gardens or the rose gardens or things like that. So. That's right. That's right. So I just wanted to put in a little blurb because it's a, it's a very formal little garden, but it's absolutely the, absolutely wonderful. So awesome. If anybody's down, do come see the sweet peas. You can take a bunch home with you and. And and um, Mary had called, so you're doing well. You're on the road to recovery, and things are looking looking well, good. Got to go a bit slower than usual. You know, my left yep. leg's gone a bit gibbled. It's the headaches that I hate the most. Yeah. You know. Totally know what you mean. It's impossible to garden as soon as you put your head down to pull weeds everything starts spinning but you know not in a good way for not keeping up with the weeds there you go that's all it is but (laughs) thank mary for bringing it up all right and great to hear from you and uh hopefully some people make it down your way and uh stop and visit diana down at bailey hill greenhouse thank you so much bye diana bye-bye all right and i'm gonna go for a break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest garden center with everything you need inside and out. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we got uh, all kinds of things going on today here on the phone lines and good. Lots of, and still again, lots of the issues I'm seeing and and, um, a lot of it is is this a lack of that deeper watering, getting water into the root system on a lot of our bigger trees. And as our... As our canopy gets older and bigger, it just needs that much more water down below. Because you got to think that tree, when it goes to leaf out early spring and it's been dry all winter, and we somewhere we had a good snow cover, but that water hasn't got down into the root system. There's just nothing there for it to hydrate all those new leaves. So it needs that energy in the ground. So fall watering and then early spring watering is really important. A lot of time we don't think of it as early spring when it's bud. We're not really thinking of watering yet, but that's the really important times to get the water down nice and deep. That way the the tree has that uh, hydration to fill up all those good leaves 
and uh, and go from there because uh, it happens quicker and uh, grows quite quick as it goes and, and goes from there. All right. Hi, is it chickweed thistle your own product? Can I buy it in BC? No, you can buy it everywhere. It's made by Laters. Not, I don't think you buy it everywhere. Most garden centers will have it, and it's in a little jug. It looks like a little mini uh, um, type jug container, clear or or white plastic. It used to be in a brown plastic, and uh, it it will. And it says, "Will it work on morning glory as well?" Yes, it will. And it's a broadleaf herbicide, so it's a selective herbicide. It won't kill grass, though. So you should be good to go. And quite a few different ones coming in. Oh, hi. This is supposed to be Jacob's letter. I've never seen this type of flower on a J. Is it a different variety? Actually, that one looks like something else has come into that um, um, flower as well. I agree with you. It doesn't look. As a normal, it could be a little different variety. I'll look into that as well, and we'll go from there and uh, and see what uh, what's going on with that one for you. And where are we at? We're going to go to Darren on the phone lines. Good morning, Darren. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, I'm a first-time caller. Uh, well, thank you. Show. Um, anyways, I uh, on Mother's Day there, I bought my wife a uh, miniature... Uh, rose in a little pot. Yep. Uh, beautiful. Uh, had lots of buds, um, but I don't. I just have no idea how to take care of it. I've never. Uh, I've never worked with with roses. Yep. Um, do you deadhead them? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, they they love to be deadheaded and and sort of you don't let them go totally dead. Like just when you start seeing them going, they're looking a little bit ragged. That's yes. the best time. And make sure you take the seed pot off. Like take it all the way down. Okay. Okay. And then um, watering uh, regular. Uh, they don't like to stay really wet, but they also don't like to get really dry. So this good consistent watering. Okay. Um, and then uh, the last thing that. Uh, I, I kind of need to know: um, Are they uh, heavy eaters? Uh, do you need lots of fertilizer? Yeah, when, when they are when they are blooming, they typically most of them are heavy feeders. Um, um, but with the miniature rose, sort of, if you're if you're doing it every couple weeks, sort of every second or third watering, um, okay. give them a shot of fertilizer. And this that fifteen thirty fifteen um, twenty 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 will be great for the roses. Uh, 20, yeah. Okay. Okay. A little bit of twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, it'll be perfect. And- Okay. Well, and fairly good very- light. Don't let them get too shady. And they do like a little bit of airflow. Otherwise, they can uh, they can get a little bit mangy on you. Okay. All righty. Okay. Well, thank you so much. All right. And thanks for listening. Glad uh, glad you enjoy. Okay. Perfect. Take care. Thanks, Darren. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'll probably read one text here as we're at the bottom of the hour. And we have a green ash. Looks like the ends of every branch have died. No leaves. However, lower branch on the trunk, can we cut above branch and see if it comes back next year or is it toast? Again, it is the harsh winter on the ash as it's a really a hardwood tree as well. Um, I would just hydrate it really well. But yes, I've seen a ton of that tip die, tip die back on a lot of the green ash and a lot of the ashes as well, other kinds. And so just, just tip them back 
and uh, make sure you just give it a really good fall watering, and I'd give it a really good watering right now, that slow, deep watering, especially with the rain that we got. It gives you a little bit of a head start on some of the moisture. We don't have to hydrate the surface as much, so when you do water, it'll go through the surface and get down into the root system that much quicker. So, yes, by all means, and it should come back um, great for you. And I got one. What happened to my crab apple tree here? It was fine until last year. Never did anything this spring. And then we see this. It's hard to see. I would check the bark on the lower part because sometimes when I see them die back like this, sometimes an animal or something has gone in after that uh, crab apple tree and chewed the bark off. When I see it die, just the whole top die back. And plus, you have it in a little bit of a raised bed with, and it's competing with all that grass. I would try and put bark mulch over top of that grass, um, but it looks like it's died pretty badly for you. So I think you might be replacing this apple, and uh, I think you need to get yourself a new apple, And but have a look at the animal damage. And I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Debbie down in Medicine Hat. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. You guys are getting lots of heat down there, I hear. Yeah, it was kind of cool yesterday, but today's looking up. <laughs> nice, nice. How can I help you? I have peony bushes, and they're drying up the leaves. They're drying up and just drying up. They turn light brown, and then they dry up, and they... So I'm scared I have a fungus or a disease or something. This is the second year, and I cut them off. Yeah. I cut all the bad stuff off. Yeah. You might want to treat with a fungicide then if you are. Is it in a wetter area, or is it near a downspout or something like that? No. No, okay. but I kind of water a lot, so that could be. Yeah, the peonies are, like... They can withstand, they're kind of the opposite. Like they do need some deep water, but they can withstand a little bit less water because they, they hold a fair bit in their leaves. Like once they get going, they right. don't they don't need a, a lot of watering because they, they need it to get hydrated, to get going at first, like get the leaves going, but then they don't need a ton. When they're blooming and that, they don't like a lot of moisture because when you squeeze the, the leaves of a peony and that, you can almost see the water come out of them. Like they almost hold a lot of water themselves. Oh, okay. So I would say you could be watering a little bit too much. So you might want to get yourself a, and treat them with a fungicide, either a copper spray or a Bordeaux, or if, if you're able to get Natria down there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a biofungicide. If you go down to one of your garden centers down there and see what they recommend for a fungicide. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, and I love your show. Thanks for listening, Debbie. And okay, did, did you make care. it to any of the tour of the gardens down there? or? I didn't. No? Okay. <laughs> I you sure should... wanted to, but... Yeah, check it out next year. I know Mel and his team and the whole crew at the Hort Society down there work hard at that, and there's lots of great gardens down there. Well, I'm trying to get my yard going so I can be bees. You know, they can come to her my yard. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm sure Mel would love that. Alrighty. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah, it's always good. And actually, Cass Mythe did text me, um, saying that um, that they do do monthly um, garden tours for um, for members. So that's the benefit of being a member. So the Hort Society still does open gardens every month, and that's the benefit of being a member. Um, so there you go. If you're a Calgary Horticultural member, then uh, by all means. 
And uh, I just got another text from Mark from Pruneva. He said, and he forgot to mention about the canker on the columnar aspens and tell people about the oozing and it attracts the, the wasps. That's a good sign that they have canker. And that is true. And we've seen a fair bit of that. And I know in the project that Mark and I stopped by, um, once they pruned out some of the deadwood, we noticed the canker was in behind and we ended up having to remove the whole tree because it was it was a p- potential uh, danger as it was rotten from the center inside out. So we, we ended up having to remove the tree and the homeowner was there. We showed her everything was going on. And uh, so that was good that we that the guys were there and noticed that because that when those tall trees get that some of that rot in the middle part of the tree, it can be quite dangerous. So uh, definitely, definitely being looked after. Let's go to Patty. Good morning, Patty. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. How good. can we help you? Quick questions. Of course. Speed round. All right. Um, so I was at your place. I got the laters on for um, that horrific creeping bell devil weed yeah <laughs> um, no it's, it's i'm serious they call it that yes and, um but it's in my perennials okay and that's where it's tough so what you need to do is you get yourself like a plastic pipe or a soup can and cut both sides of the soup can off or okay. something taller if, if it's bigger weeds and then you just put that over top of the weed the bellflower and you spray down over top of the into the can, so you, so the spray isn't hitting anything else. Can I paint it on or no? Yeah, you could paint it on, but sometimes just the spray. If you go right over top with a can, you know, it's a little easier. But absolutely, if you get yourself one of those sponge paintbrushes, yeah, yeah, yep, just dip it and, into. Make sure you dilute it properly first. Make your yeah, mix. I've got it all figured yep. out. Yeah, no just go in there and put some put some good rubber gloves on, chemical resistant rubber gloves. And uh, and then just hold the leaf and then dab it on there and you'll be good. And how okay, how okay? So then I have pavers around my um, where I have my perennials. Can I spray on the outside of the pavers? Absolutely. Okay, but how many? Like how far should I be away from my perennial? Well, it is if it's touch, it can't you can't spray on it. If it doesn't touch it, it won't hurt it. Okay. Yeah, it only touches, only kills what it touches. It, it gets in and and attacks. Whatever. Yeah, so okay. it's a contact. Um, herbicide, so it's not going to get in and, and kill so everything. I should be spraying at the root, though, right? No, you spray on the foliage. Well, okay, good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, because it soaks um, into the foliage. If you just spray the root, it won't do anything. Okay, and then I have another question. Um, when I was at your uh, getting the laters at your place, I bought some tomato um, plant food, okay. and I was told that it was also good for other flowers and stuff. Yeah, it's an organic one, so I don't know the number. Yeah, yeah, you can use that absolutely. Like a lot of times, it's the fertilizer is. And it can be used because the flowering fertilizer and the tomatoes are very similar a lot of times. So you can definitely use it for that. Yeah, the numbers become a foreign language, right? In some Um, ways, and it's harder on the organic stuff because they're a lot smaller. mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, and then another question. Too ambitious this year, bought too many seeds. (laughs) Yeah, I see that happen a fair bit. How do I store them for next year? Um, I would just get them into... Um, a good, like a, just a Tupperware type container, keep them into a, just seal the bags as best you can, put them into a Tupperware container, keep them in a cool, dry place and they're fine. So it doesn't have to be in the fridge and the, no, no, whatever. Nope. And so can I put them in, um, uh, Ziploc bags? Or? Yeah, you can just try and get all the air, make sure there's no moisture in there. But they're still in their original. Yep, just wrap them up tight. Then maybe just put elastic around each each package. And so, 
yeah. dark. Yep, cool, dark place, and they'll be totally fine. Okay, and then also... <laughs> yes. Quick one. One more quick um, one. This 15-year-old, or 15, well, it's 20 years old. We were supposed to get this uh, choke cherry tree that was only supposed to be 15 feet tall. Now it's almost 30, and it's overhanging on our neighbors. Can it be pruned now? Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, right now is when you do want to do a lot of that pruning, the overhangs is when you can see it and the leaves are heavier and the branches are hanging over sort of to create those unlike, yeah. un- those um, scenarios that are unfortunate and growing into the wrong spot. So. Well, they're just so totally, I just want a good neighbor. Yep, no, that's the good way to do it. And if you need any help with that, give Mark and the crew down at Prune It Up a call and they'd be more than happy to help you out. I will too. Thanks Thank you. A lot. Thanks, Patty. Up your that's okay. No, that's why we're here. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. All right. Let's go to a break. Actually, <laughs> you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And I think I'm somewhat caught up on all the text for everybody. Actually, here we go. And uh, <laughs> do I do I deadhead this cannabis lily? Actually, it's a canna lily, but uh, the cannabis one you should uh, harvest as well when it's blooming. But yes, if you cut those old blooms off on your canna lily before it gets this bad too, is even better. It'll produce more and more blooms. So deadheading is really, really important um, for all your flowering annual flowers because if you let it go to to bloom and you just let if you let all the blooms sit there, the plant thinks it's done itself. Um, it's already done its um, re reseeding itself. It's it's done all its work, and that's what when they're blooming, it's not just for us. It's for they think they're doing it to produce seed to reproduce. So if you leave it to that point, they think it's done its job, it's reproduced. But if you cut it off before it goes to full seed, it thinks, okay, I, I need to bloom again and again and again to push more seeds out and more blooms, which we enjoy. So absolutely, uh, you definitely want to give that, uh, you want to definitely give that uh, uh, blooming or give that a cutback. And canna lilies are fairly heavy feeders as well. And I got another question here with a birch and a bristlecone pine. I have a problem with my weeping birch, and I'm not sure about the bristlecone pine. Hopefully you can text me back with a response if it's convenient. Um, a lot of that looks like this winter burn, winter desiccation, freeze-dried on the on the pine. And I can see all the new growth coming out. It'll grow out of it. Feed it with 301010. It'll lose some of those needles, and but it looks like it should come back because um, it looks actually like it was quite healthy. It just on the that's probably on the south or the west side as well, and there was just uh, a lot of winter desiccation and and winter freeze dry on a lot of our evergreens, and unfortunately on your birch tree it looks like you have the birch leaf miner unfortunately, and uh, again good hydration, use the use the Rage Plus on it. And uh, book yourself with Mark and the Prune It Up guys and get in line for that uh, the injections for next spring and uh, help it get going a little bit better. And the one other picture you sent me of the big one in, just in the front, I can't see. It looks like it's a little bit healthier. But again, big tree like that, lots of hydration. Put the Socros around the drip line of that big bad boy and give it lots of water. And I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Robert. Good morning, Robert. 
Hey there. Good morning. Good, good. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. You know, I, I'm, I'm planning to have a gardener, and I've, I decided to put this waterfall look down the side of my property. Okay. So I, I, I did dig it up, and um, I put in those Rundle 40 stones, you know? Yep, yep. The 40 millimeter? Yeah. Um, I put in the Rundle 40 stones, and then... I put in this big rock. I, I went over to Burn Co., you know, and I got these yep. big, huge stones. And so I have one. Now, what I want to do now is turn it into a gurgling um, waterfall. Yep. And so when I when I bought it initially at Burn Co., they said they thought that they could drill the hole in order to do it for me. But then they said, sorry, we don't, we don't do it anymore. And so I've been looking all over, all over town. I can't find anyone. And then I'm looking on the internet how to build one of these gurgling. Yeah, we, we sell things, the gurglers know? and the and we we have the containers for underneath them. We just we have one we we have one built in front of our store as a sample, and oh, okay. you can buy all the parts at the store. We sell the the rocks already pre drilled, or if you pick one of the rocks that we have on site, um, we will we will drill it for you as well if you need. Okay, so I've already, I already got my rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a, the one I have that I, I want to turn into the um, the waterfall, the gurgler is is about two hundred pounds, you know. Yep. It's not that big, but it's it's still it's heavy. So do I bring it into the store? Do you guys do do you do you cut the holes or what? Um, we don't. We have a guy that we have a, a one of our guys that works with us. He comes in, and the ones that we have, we drill them right at the right at the quarries because we have all the heavy equipment right at the at the rock quarry, the ones that we have on display. Oh, okay. So it all depends on the ones that, if it's only 200 pounds, so it's probably not that big. So you just got to, like, it's big, but not, it's not going to be huge. And it's, if you maybe send me, can you text me a picture to the same number? Text, text you what, the a water. picture of the of the of oh the, yeah okay yeah I can do that. Yeah, let's make sure it's minute. the right one because sometimes if they're a little bit too small or it depends what kind of stone, um, there's always a risk if you're drilling through them they'll split on you. Yeah, it's, it's the rock is a um, is a Kendall uh, they call it. Yeah, uh, those ones are and sometimes you have to watch those. What depend on what angle you want to drill it because they can just split. So. Yeah, I know. I've seen them split before. So. Yeah. So um, yeah, and, and what size of a hole do they drill? Well, we we have a few different sizes depending on how big the rock. We can go like down to like three quarters of an inch all the way up to two or three inches. Okay, so what's and it's the usually the about a hundred bucks a foot. Two hundred bucks. No, a it's not a hundred. Is a hundred dollars a foot? Yep, something like that. Yeah. Oh, I say that. No, that makes you right because the bird call is going to charge eight dollars an inch. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm on. So, what's the name of your store again? Spruce it up Garden Center. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Awesome. Okay. Come on down and visit us. Thanks, Robert. I'll send you a picture. Thanks. Thanks, bud. I appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. Yeah, all right. And I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to Maple Creek. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. How can um, I help you? Just wanted to know those hassup berries, yep. if I'm pronouncing them right. Yep. Um, I've mine have been in for eight, ten years, maybe a little longer. They, I've never really pruned them, but they had a lot of dead wood in yep. them this spring, and no berries because of a very late winter storm. Five feet of snow was on top of them, aye, aye, aye. and uh, they look pretty scraggly. So I would like to cut them down to the ground. Yep. What's what is the best time to do that? 
On some of that, I think I would wait. I'd let them continue to grow here through the rest of the summer. Mm-hmm. And then I would do it early spring, like for out there, like even if you get out there like March or something like that, February, March, yeah, cut see, them right I, down I'm, to the ground. I'm in the base of the hills, so I'm a little later than the maple yeah. trees. But yeah, so just, again, this... Early spring. Early, early spring, like before okay. there's any leaf out or anything, just, yeah. just mark it on your calendar, get out there. Because then that way all the energy gets downloaded back yeah. into the into the root zone. Okay. And then when it, when it goes to leaf out next spring, you'll get all that kind of a great... Uh, Blooms I, and blossoms and lots of foliage. Yeah. Do I take it down to about six inches yeah, then? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And last year I called in and told you about my Ayatoa peony sitting yeah, the, in the rain with 86 blooms. Yes. I counted them two days ago. Yeah. 162. Holy. So I'm thinking if anybody wants the best peony on the planet, they better buy one of those. Yeah, those Aitos are awesome, actually, and uh, they do great. And uh, totally enjoy them. And they're a little different color than the standard. Yeah, they're wonderful. Absolutely. I have three of them <laughs> already. Oh, nice. 35 peonies in my yard just alone. <laughs> so you love peonies? I love anything. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Always good to hear that. Peony gardens are great. Make great cut flowers. And they last a long time. So uh those are, if you're looking for some cut flowers, those are great, along with the Morden Blush Roses. They make great cut flowers. Right now, I'm going to go to Maureen. Good morning, Maureen. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? Um, we have that awful perennial bellflower all through our grass. And yep. I know I heard you say on an early show, it actually can your grass. Yeah. And what you can use is uh, we have a product called Chickweed, Thistle, and Clover Killer. Okay. And you can use that, spray it, and you can spray it in the grass. Okay. And uh, it'll look after that, no problem. Okay. And one more really quick question. Yeah. I have a snowball bush. I don't know the real name for it, but it has those round balls yep. of flowers on yeah, it. Yeah, the wayfaring so, tree. Yeah. And it has, uh, it got flowers and leaves only at the top, nothing in the middle, and it's got some leaves at the bottom. So I know I had texted you guys earlier and you said it's probably from the lack of water, but I'm wondering could, what should I do before winter? Should I cut it right back or what should I do? Yeah, if there's a lot of deadwood for it's this spindle, you can definitely cut it back and uh, and you could even do that right now. Maybe take a third off the top if it's already done blooming and okay. then just see where it thickens up and then next spring you can even it up a bit more. Okay. But Perfect. again, just give it a good shot of fertilizer right now, 20-20-20 and okay. a good deep watering and uh, and then cut it back and then uh, let it do some growing and then hopefully you set up some good bud and and spots for it to bloom next year. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Maureen. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Take time for one more. We're going to go down to Tabor. Lots out of town folks today, so good to hear. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Merle, I have a weed, a lot of weeds. They're coming out of a ditch and onto my lawn uh, they uh, have little white flowers and they're viney and, and if it gets in your flowers it wraps all around my Poinatella and you know the others yeah. I'd like to know how, how can I get rid of that well for the if it's in your grass anything in your grass you can either use what I was just t- chatting about um, with the earlier caller just that, that chickweed yep yeah, that works really well or just if you have 2,4-D like Killex um, okay. That yeah, works really I, I good. I think I have that. Yeah. Is, is it, it called a morning glory then? Yeah, there's a few different ones that uh, are sort of that viney weed, but there, there's a morning glory that's a, uh, 
an actual flower, like an annual, and then there's the weed one, which is pretty nasty. So well, this is what I have. I have the nasty, the little tiny white flowers. Yeah. Yeah. And it spreads through that lawn like crazy, and it ch- tries to choke out the flowers. Yep. So just uh, just use the Killex or the or as well as the um, Killex or that chickweed thistle and clover killer. It's called a chickweed clover and thistle killer. Okay, great. Comes in a little jug. It's kind of it has its own little unique bottle. It's a little smaller than all and, the and rest. What's, What's the company? It's made by Laders, so you should be able to get it at any of your, if there's a local garden center down right. there. Right, Laders. Yep. Okay, great. I'll do that. Thank you so much, Merle. You're welcome. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. And I'm going to go through a few more texts here and uh, and see what else I can answer before the end of the show. And again, uh, when you are when you are out there and any of the gardening, it's a great time to, uh, to look up. Take a look at your trees and shrubs. Look for any of that low-hanging branch and dead, damage, or disease. Um, it's a great time to get rid of all that kind of stuff. And deadheading. Right now, most of your plants have gone through a heavy bloom period. So right now, get out there and deadhead your hanging baskets, your petunias, any of your roses, because and then you'll set them up for a whole nother batch of blooms to come up that you can enjoy going through the rest of July here and into August. And fertilizing is super important at this time of year. Again, most of your containers have used up most of their fertilizer. So get yourself a good water soluble 15, 30, 15 for all your, for all your containers. And it makes all the difference because I'm on a regular feeding program myself this year. Sometimes I've neglected it, but uh, Jay down at Kildare's has uh, challenged me just by when I go there and I see how nice his hanging baskets are looking. I said, well, geez, I have a garden center. I can't, uh, I can't let a pub owner um, do me outdo me in the flowers. <laughs> so uh, that'd be like me going in there and out drinking them in beer. So I wouldn't be able to do that. So, but anyways, uh, make sure you're fertilizing um, your your tree or all your containers, all your flowers, and and deadheading is important at this time of year, and uh, that will ensure you get the rest of the summer with some beautiful flowers and and going from there. But that's it for us this week. Great calls, great participation. Thank you so much. Till next week, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.